Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this 18th episode of Good Questions with Cameron Dole in Season 2. Special guests for this episode include Vela Lovell and Mike Cabellon from Mr. Mayor, which new episodes air Thursday nights at 8 Eastern 7 local time on NBC. We'll also visit with country singer and songwriter Noah Garner. He's got a new single and video, Gotta Get To You. We'll also visit with our good friend, comedian, and podcaster Jeff Dwoskin. We're going to talk a little bit about streaming video releases. Would you rather be able to binge a whole season or have to wait for one a week? We'll talk about that. We'll also talk with singer and songwriter Jeff Coffey has a new single for 2021 called Someday. And we'll wrap up the show with our good friend, singer-songwriter Allie Colleen. We'll be talking about her latest single and upcoming album. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, drop a like, comment, leave some feedback, and of course, share with your friends. Our first guest from the show, Mr. Mayor on NBC, it airs Thursday nights, Vela Lovell and Mike Cabellon. And I, I, guys, I, I hope I got close. I, I tried my best. You did. You did great. Both of them, yeah. <laughs> I had I had a little help. Art helped me out to begin with. But first off, uh, Bill, I'm going to ask you a little bit what it, what it's like to, to see the feedback and, and the love for the new show, Mr. Mayor. Oh, it's so awesome. I mean, we've been working on this show um, for over a year now, um, off and on. So it's been so exciting to just get it out into the world and have people laugh at home. Like, it's it's really the best feeling ever. And especially right now, I think we could all use some laughter and escapism in our lives. So it's been really great to just see that people are are doing just that. And Mike, for you to to have the new show out, especially in the midst of all that we've all seen and gone through in the last 12 months, I mean, to put a smile on people's face, make them laugh and and forget about their uh, daily life uh, just for a little bit. I mean, how cool is that for you? Oh, it's it's the best. I mean, you know, I, I think it was a huge relief because the, the day before the show premiered, you know, we had. Uh oh, <laughs> he didn't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was done. Oh, was no. Done. OK, I'm back. Is that better? There, much better. Yay, there you are. I'm so sorry. Um, no, I was just I was really afraid that, uh, you know, right now people wouldn't want to tune into a show about politics, but people tuned in and the response seems to be pretty positive and uh, all I've ever wanted to do my whole life is make people laugh and so I'm, I feel really really privileged to be a part of this. Now is is this the first opportunity for, for, for both of you or, or either of you to, to work with Ted and what was it like the first time uh, d- going through a script reading through what was that, what was that first time like? Yeah it's like it's so wild because I mean Ted is such a legend a TV legend truly and so, like, his voice even is so familiar to all of us. Like, we hear Ted Danson's voice, and you're like, ah, it's, like, very comforting. And so to hear it, like, when we do read-throughs, it's so wild to just be, like, hearing his voice and being like, oh, I'm acting with him. Like, it's so wild, because you almost think that, like, he should just be on a TV in your house, you know? But he's like, it turns out he's a real person, and he's great. <laughs> so um, it's been awesome. Now, now, Mike, for you, how how close is is your character to the to the real Mike in in regular life? Uh, you know, I I think that uh, Tommy and myself are both uh, sort of type A driven personalities, um, but I think that 
uh, in the show, Tommy can sort of be um, uh, Machiavellian in his pursuits. Uh, he kind of doesn't let anything get in the way of uh, him getting what he wants. And I would hope that uh, me as a person, I can be uh, a little bit kinder than that. But, you know, we were just saying that I think that as time goes on, the characters are sort of molding to who we are as people at the same time. I think once the writers kind of get to know us more, they're sort of writing to our strengths. And that's been really nice to see the characters kind of change to be more and more like me as the episodes go on. And Vela, we, we talked about uh, the way politics are in life. It, it is definitely good to, to laugh about some politics and, 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 you know, sometimes with, with humor to be able to touch some sensitive subjects and get people talking in a kinder way. I mean, uh, how important is that these days? Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, what you're saying, I think, I think hopefully in the best case scenario, it's therapeutic. You know, I think same as Mike, we were, we were all kind of like, oh my gosh, what a crazy time for this show to premiere when in the midst of everything happening. But honestly, like, it was actually really great, um, even, you know, just as actors to come back and work, get to work on it and be like, get to work on something light and funny and silly in the midst of everything. Um, and it, it's been really like, um, yeah, I feel like, it, you know, hopefully it's, it's therapeutic and, and great for, for people at home to be able to laugh and say, you know, yeah, like, wacky, silly things do happen in politics, not just terrible things that stress us out, you know? Um, yeah. So, so Mike, something I, I like to ask everybody, I'm going to ask Mike first and then Vela, I'll have you as well. What was, uh, what's the biggest thing that you, uh, you learned in 2020 that you would have never envisioned going in? Oh gosh. Um, I think what I've learned in 2020 is, uh, how to sit still. I think traditionally I've been very much like a shark, like I, I feel guilty if I'm doing nothing, you know, I don't really know how to relax and, and not work. But I think this has uh, kind of forced me to just be okay with uh, sitting at home and doing nothing and ha- giving myself permission to not uh, feel like I'm working on something. So I, I hope I can take that mentality into uh, this upcoming year and kind of be okay with the quiet spaces. Vela for you as well. Well, Mike stole mine. So it's <laughs> Um <laughs> Now I don't have anything to say. No, I mean, I've, I'm going to just, I'm going to save that. And also I, just kind of in general, I just, I, I hope that um, the things that we've learned in 2020 are like not, are incorporated into our lives, you know, if that makes sense. Like um, that we don't just like say, oh, that was a crazy thing that happened, you know, back to, back to how it was. Like, I hope we like learn some things. So I think maybe just kind of, it's been like, okay, but my 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 biggest lesson has been like things will definitely slap you in the face that you could never have expected and like you know try and learn from those and kind of move forward with them in mind you know that's right. And again, uh, new episodes Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 local time on NBC, Mr. Mayor. And Vela and Mike, uh, appreciate you guys taking some time. Vela, first, I'd like to ask you to, to make sure and let our listeners know where they can keep up with uh, everything you got going social media-wise as well. Yeah, um, I am Vela Lavelle, so just my first and last name, um, on Twitter and also on Instagram. All right. And Mike, you as well. Uh, you know, same as Vela, it's just my first and last name. I'm at Mike Cabalon on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Well, Mike and Vela, thank you guys so much for your time. Looking forward to the uh, the new episodes, and hopefully we can catch up again real soon. Sounds good. Can't thank you so back. much. Bye. Bye. 
our next guest on the podcast, a country singer and songwriter, uh, new-ish to Nashville, and uh, our first chance to visit with him, Noah Garner on the line. And uh, first off, Noah, good to visit with you today. Man, thank you so much for having me. I remember last week, you know, it was kind of a mess getting together, and I'm glad that we could get together and, and finally have this conversation. There you go. Now, now, Noah, where did when did you know that you had uh, something special uh, connecting you and music? I mean, when was the first inclination for you? Oh man, uh, I would say probably. I mean, I started singing from the time I could talk. My mama says, you know, like <laughs> the second I, I knew how to talk, I was singing, and I picked up my first guitar at seven, and that's kind of where it all started. Like my great my great grandfather played for Hank Williams Senior. And so, um, my grandfather collected guitars and so music was kind of always around. And, uh, from the time I was seven years old, I was playing. And then I think I started to take it seriously when I was about 16, 17. Now, I, I know that you, uh, you kind of had an opportunity to play in Nashville and that this kind of solidified, uh, all of, all of your dreams, what, uh, what that was all going to entail, right? Yeah, man. Uh, I came here to, well, to kind of visit and, because I had done some American Idol auditions and stuff and didn't get in and, you know, was feeling kind of down. And me and my family decided to stop in Nashville and I got this, this wonderful opportunity and took it. And it was kind of the, the launching point of, of everything. Now, what was it about uh, the, the, the live performance? Was it, was it because it was in Nashville was it, or was it just a combination of everything working together? I think it's just a combination of everything. I, I think Nashville has a, a, a funny way of calling people to it in a, in a weird way. I think people are drawn to the city no matter what, you know? And I think that, that the music is such a big part of that. Um, and then you add in the fact that, you know, you get to be a part of the music and a part of the story in that town. And it's, it's it's almost like being a Disney World. <laughs> now, now coming from uh, rural uh, Florida, where, how did was was it the country music inspired in you because of uh, because of the generations ahead of you? Is that kind of why? Well, I think it's uh, it has probably a lot to do with that, and it also has a lot to do with the fact of you know country songs are just our way of life. It's how we all lived, you know, growing up there. Every country song talked about the things that I was seeing and the things that I was doing, you know, and that's why it kind of was always in my soul. But from the time I was born, I was listening to, you know, George Jones and Keith Whitley and Alan Jackson and George Strait and all that, you know, Waylon Jennings, Merle Haggard, all the classic stuff. And, you know, I got to listen to some of the coolest guys in, in the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s come out with, with kind of like that newer age country sound and I, I saw where it was going and they always talked about things that we were you know doing in my hometown so that's i think that's kind of what started the whole thing and connected me to it and there's so much it's such a wide genre too country music i mean you've got all the way from the the bro country to even the uh the the, the rap however you want to call it but that that right. also lends opportunities for for artists of different types as well well yeah it, it's super cool because when i got music is so amazing because there's so many genres to begin with and then when you really get into doing music and you really get into breaking everything down there's so many sub genres and little things and you know there's so much variety that 
it gives you as an artist a chance to really dive into who you want to be and, and really how, how, what kind of music do you really want to make? Because when somebody says, hey, you know, I'm a country singer, to me, what kind of country music? You know, like, are we talking <laughs> that old, that older kind of twangy George Jones style? Are we talking that 90s style? Or, or, you know, is it like a big band? Is it bluegrassy? Is it that rap stuff that's coming out now, which is kind of cool? Um, I worked with Big Smo, and he was actually my my oh, wow. uh, first my first uh, road gig. Um, I played uh, acoustic guitar for him and sang uh, chorus uh, for him. And uh, you know, it just goes to show that you know when I got here, I didn't think I would ever be a part of something like that. <laughs> and then, you know, lo and behold, there it is. Yeah, you don't you don't go to Nashville thinking you're going to hook up with Big Smo. I, that's that's not nor, that's not the normal thing. But uh, but but well, right. But it's it's such a great uh, you know part of my story because it's the thing that it was my first road gig ever. You know, so it introduced me to to what road life was all about and going on tour and playing you know on the road and what all that entailed. It, it's just wild because. You know, you think Nashville, you, you know, you kind of think that polished country tone and, you know, it's the big city. It's the, the it's the music city. It's the whole thing. And I didn't even spend time here, really. You know, I, I, I was I was here. I had my fun. And then once we were out on the road, we were gone, you know. Now, what has uh, this this last year, obviously, as a new artist has been has been a challenge. But what what have you learned most in the last uh, in the last 12 months that you carry with you as as we look forward to hopefully things opening up again here in the near future? Uh, I have to say patient. I am not a patient man at all. And I know I'm not. I, I work on it all the time. And I think that 2020 was a, uh, a big. uh lesson in patience for me. I, you know, it was, you kind of learn how to expect the unexpected, you know, and, and cherish the, the small thing. Um, I feel like those are kind of things that, you know, we get caught up in our daily life running and gunning all the time that those little things and, and the patience that that life brings is something that I, that 2020 definitely taught me that I that I didn't ha- think I had very much of um, before. It, and it's mainly because you know we would get things going, and then something would come out, and and, and they'd be like, oh, we got to cancel, or oh, you know, we gotta, you know, we gotta do this, we gotta do that, which makes it one of those things where, you know, you had to learn how to be patient with. Okay, things don't always go my way. That's that's fine. Um, sometimes things are outside of my control. That's fine too. And then, you know, when you do get the chance to play for five people, 10 people, you know, it's, it's, or you do like a Facebook live and and there's people on there listening to you, you know, those things mean so much more. Now, what, uh, what's, what's the most memorable Facebook live, uh, memory you have from this past year? Um, uh, there's, I would think there's two that stick out of my head really clearly. We did a, uh, a Tiger King themed Facebook Live, and that was just hilarious. That was awesome. I I, it, I was uh, Joe Exotic, and my mom dressed up as Carol Baskin, and the girl that was uh, Katrina Austin doing it with me. Um, she dressed up, and it was all. It was just so much fun. We had a great time. So that one stands out. And then I did one where I was in a cabin just outside of Gatlinburg. 
Um, and it was just me in the cabin and I did this Facebook live and, and we got really in deep. Um, I played a lot of songs that had a lot to do with, um, like not losing people, but you know, like people songs that where it talks about loss or things like that. And I, and I, and I lost my dad when I was nine. And so it, we, me and, and the Facebook live crowd had this wonderful moment where, you know, I sing a few emotional songs and kind of got emotional. And then the outpour that I got from in the comments of like, Hey, you know, you're doing great. We all love you. You're, you know, you sound awesome. That's such a great song. It's so great that we get to see this side of you. That will always stick out in my head because I think like those moments don't happen very often anyway, much less on on something like Facebook or Instagram. And how hard is it for you as an artist sometimes to, to pull the layers back and, and make yourself open and vulnerable? Is it, it, does that get kind of hard in those times? I think the thing about it is, you know, as an artist, you're trying to paint pictures for people and you want to be understood and you want to be accepted. Um, I think that that doesn't happen a lot, you know? Um, I think that, uh, I think it, because of that, it lends, uh, the artist to kind of be reserved and be as, you know, to themselves maybe as possible or kind of keep who who they are to themselves, you know, keep the, keep the music and the business separate. Right. Um, and I think, I think that's good and healthy for people, but I also think it's so important to peel back those layers and really just be who you are as an artist. I feel like it may be difficult and it's kind of difficult for me sometimes, but I feel like, you know, it's one of those things where as difficult as it may be, it's important. You know what I mean? And of course, you got uh, the 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 latest single "Get to You" and 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 the video as well. Got to get to you. Sorry about that. Uh, tell us a little bit about the process of of doing a video in the times that we're living in right now. So, doing a video, I really don't have a whole lot of experience with beforehand. You know what I mean? I only did one video before "Got to Get to You," and that was uh, pretty much self filmed. It was me and, and a bunch of uh, high school buddies from my hometown and, and family that met at a bar and we decided that we were going to shoot a, vi- a music video, you know, and, and we kind of made that. And, and so, um, you know, that's, I don't have a whole lot of experience, but I will say comparing the two, um, it's definitely different when there's, you know, people in the room and you're kind of filming scenes and there's, noise going on and you know there's there's people around there's makeup hair wardrobe stuff like that you know the, the little things that that keep you on your toes and, and keep the the um the shoot moving it's one of those things where this past one we've got to get to you it was just me and the videographer that was it that was it was just the two of us and you know it's you have to think about things that, you know, you might not think about if you had a whole team with you or, you, you know, um, we kept going, well, do we want to change outfits here maybe, or do, do we want to go to the next location? And it was kind of one of those things where it was very much 
kind of improv, very loose compared to, to other shoots. Right. I got you. Now, if folks want to find out uh, more information about the the single, about the video, about upcoming dates as those become available as well, Noah, where's the where's the best place folks can catch up? So if you look up Noah Garner Music on any uh, social media platform, we'll come up and also at noahgarnermusic.com. All right. Well, Noah, it has been, uh, I'm, I'm glad we finally were able to, to get this set down and uh, great to visit with you today. Continued success to you and hopefully uh, we'll be able to catch up in person here in the near future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Our next guest, uh, also a friend of the podcast, uh, Jeff Dwoskin. Uh, he comes from uh, the, the podcast that uh, is aptly named The Jeff Dwoskin Show. And uh, Jeff, I guess you were a shoe-in for that, but uh, always good to visit with you, my friend. Actually, it was a third choice for host for that show. But yeah, it's amazing how many Jeff Dwoskins are out there. It worked out, though. It worked out. I beat them out. So, Jeff, uh, well, we're going to delve into a subject here in a little bit. But uh, I've been following the podcast and keeping up. You guys, you've been having some amazing uh, comedians. And and, and for you, this is this is kind of like reunion time for you on your on your episodes, right? It is. You know, it's it's fine because. You know, sometimes you haven't seen someone in 14 years, you're connected through Facebook. Podcast is a great opportunity to kind of reconnect with people and kind of talk to them again, you know, other than just the the quick jibber jabber comment back and forth, maybe on Facebook. You know, so yeah, so that's been fun. It's been fun to be able to kind of just talk to people who I haven't really been able to just talk to in a long time. And yeah, so the, the podcast has been great for that. And hopefully people enjoy it as well. <laughs> for, now, the, the the comedy for you, has uh, has it been a strain trying to find humor as of late? Um, you know, I've, I've been thankful that I haven't been hit hard by the pandemic other than, you know, I did, you know, other than losing my day job and stuff like that, but nothing that isn't repairable. So I consider myself and my family lucky for that. So I've been able to keep, you know, wide eyed about it and focus on the podcast. And I do a live show on Wednesdays with some friends. So that's a good way to connect with them and just have a good time there. So, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been making the best of of the situation. (laughs) And uh, you're getting uh, farther along into uh, how tech savvy are you now as opposed to uh, about a year ago? Well, I learned uh, some sound tricks here and there, and so that's that's good. You know, it you bump into certain things and learn certain filters, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's funny. I keep I keep it. I try not to overproduce the show, so uh, but it does it does help to. Uh, I've gotten good at getting rid of uh, background noise and stuff like that. You know, and so or at least better at it than I was, and some tricks like I started doing this call-in thing where in the first time I did it the guy was like listen back to it he's like you know you can put a phone filter on it so it sounds like I'm on the phone like oh that's a good idea (laughs) so you know it's amazing google phone filter audacity boom it's two seconds and you know just you know so it didn't sound like he was in the studio because it was like a phone bit phone calling bit so you know just little things like that you just have fun with in a, in a the, the thing we talked about uh, on Facebook last night, I know you posted about uh, the binging as opposed to the weekly serials, if you will. I I loved your take on this one, and I wanted to to discuss in uh, in some depth, I guess I should say on that. Well, I, I think there's a 
there's a place for binging. Binging is great. I binge all the time. But when it's a new show, when it's a new show that comes out and it's entering the pop culture, the idea when a Netflix, there's two ways to release new shows, right? They either, they, they go, they release it all at once. And so you get 10 episodes all at once, or they do it like say Disney plus of the Mandalorian or WandaVision where, where the boys on Amazon, where it's weekly, every week they release one episode which for those listening who've only been listening to TV recently is how most of us grew up. <laughs> you had to wait a week in between shows. I think when they release a new show and they put the whole season on at once and people stay up all night and watch it, it, it makes it real difficult. It, it removes it from, I think, a long-term kind of conversation it removes it from water cooler because you can't have conversations with people about a show if you've all seen different amounts of it right the the beauty of what i think wandavision has re kind of vigorated is it's fun to be able to examine a show together as a as a society as a culture with your friends and guess and wonder what's going to happen next week and then experience that a week later with everyone else and then talk about it again. It just, it just, there's something about that. That's great. Otherwise one guy, one ass everywhere on Twitter is going to watch <laughs> the whole dang season and he's going to think it's cool where at the end he goes, and I'm just making this up, you know, Wanda dies, you know what I mean? And it ruins it for everyone. Just like they did with Avengers. Tony Stark dies. You know what I mean? Like two seconds after it got released. And the other problem is it's like, when you binge watch something, you watch 10 episodes straight, you don't remember mm -hmm. which episode was which episode. It all blurs together. So you can't actually have a conversation with anyone. <laughs> Even if you've watched 10 and I've watched four in your head, you can't remember where four ended that, you know what I mean? So it's, it just makes it, it just removes the ability to talk about shows in, in a, in a good way, unless you've all watched the entire season and who not everyone has, 10 hours on the first day something comes out to, to sit there and watch it. You know, so, I mean, binging is great if it's like a show. Like, I'm catching up on Atypical right now. You know, all three of those seasons have been out, so we're binge-watching that. So I'm not saying binge-watching a show is bad, but, but Atypical's been out now for a very long time, so I'm just catching up, you know? So when I watched Breaking Bad, I binged Breaking Bad and then actually watched the last eight episodes live you know as they actually aired so that that was fun to be able to experience that but you know i'm rambling what are your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> I, I i agree and i think i rem it takes me back to the time back when i was like eight or nine years old when it was the dukes of the hazard and every friday night you made plans to be somewhere to to watch it was a, it was an event and so, yeah, I, 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 that's, that's the difference I see between the binge and, uh, and releasing them like that. But, but yeah, they, we're also talking about a streaming service too. So we, it's not necessarily quite, uh, quite exactly the same. Well, what's nice about now versus, you know, long time ago, five years or even a few years or decades ago, when you would watch a show is if people are talking about WandaVision and you haven't watched it, you can catch up because they're all right there. And then you can catch up with the conversation. And, you know, like, I remember, like, it's funny you said that. I remember, like, Seinfeld, when Seinfeld was originally on, you know, that was like, you watched that. That was appointment television. Mm -hmm. I remember not talking to somebody because they called me during 
Seinfeld. And I was so annoyed. Like, who calls during Seinfeld? <laughs> I mean, it's like, and so it was like, <laughs> it sounds so silly now. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it's just, I think it's important to be able to talk about things. And it's, and the other thing I don't understand is I don't understand why it benefits a, a Netflix or anybody to put all 10 out because basically what happens is a week later, nobody's talking about it anymore. You know what I mean? It's like if WandaVision was all out, everyone would have watched it, binged it, or felt they missed the boat. And then and then Netflix moves on and talks about something else. Disney, what is it, WandaVision, eight episodes? WandaVision, they're going to have two months where people are talking about WandaVision. You know, when, when if it was all released, I don't think after two weeks they would have been talking about it again. It would have been like, oh, that's old news. On to the next thing. You know? So... That's I think uh, that is that is our next uh, series to actually start. We have yet to start WandaVision. So uh, uh, am I really missing out? Um, it's you know, if, if you're really into the Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe, it's great. And, you know, season the first four episodes as, as they kind of unfold are really, really cool. You know, part of the culture right now is you have to do your best to keep up because there are so many people that like to spoil things online um, because they think that makes them <laughs> cool or something. I don't know. And so, you know, so in that sense, it's, it's interesting just to keep up. WandaVision's great as it's kind of like um, more of a mystery unfolding. You don't really know what's happening. And so a lot of the conversations are theories, people talking about theories, you know, like when we watched, when Vampire Strikes Back originally was in the, you know, I am your father, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, is that, you know, is that real? Is that, you know, what, they, what could that mean? You know, you know, all that kind of stuff." And you know, where you kind of debated and talked about it and came up with theories, you know. So now the theories, you know, it seems like the TV, the the people who make these things put too much stock in the theories of of everybody and try to make them happy. It used to be we did it, and then put it in the filmmaker's hands to make the ultimate decisions <laughs> of how it played out. And we enjoyed that. So that's, that's old school thinking, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after now uh, another year under your belt on the podcast, do you, do you set goals moving forward? I mean, I, I know you've had some opportunities to, to do some really cool things with the podcast and, and, and do some engagements as well. I mean, do, do you set goals for that kind of stuff or, you know, my, my goals kind of are the same in terms of, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of reaching out, trying to get cool guests, you know, I got to keep up with you and all your awesome guests. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> you know, so there's that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, some of the people I've reached out to and then they've said yes, you know, so it's like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, sometimes it catches you off guard when they say yes. I'm like, oh, now I got to really do it. This is nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But, um, but yeah, so the, I mean, and it just, you know, I think it's always just trying to get people to listen still, you know, I mean, it's always just, you know, when you're, you know, it's, it's, it's cute that I named the show after me, but you know, not Joe Rogan, nobody knows who Jeff Watson is. <laughs> so after the name of the show, I just, well, I adapted the name of the show to live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin show, just to kind of give it the idea that it's, it is a humorous type thing. And, you know, and that kind of, you know, just to give it some more context when somebody were to to look at the logo or the name of the show on apple ipod podcasts or anything like that but yeah i mean it's definitely it's picking up i mean you know you get more 
listens every month and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of kind of breaking through. So I'm having a good time with it. So that's, that's, that's the most important thing. I think <laughs> that's so. the big part, right? That's what they say. Right. <laughs> that's what they say. It's so, an honor to be nominated. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Now I, I saw something, uh, I think it was this morning. I saw you, you you're going to be speaking at some, uh, pod fest or something like that. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, Podfest global, you know, it's one of those things I, I submitted to be a speaker. Some of the people were talking about it on, on clubhouse. So just on a whim, filled it out. It was funny because what I asked to talk about, they actually counter offered me and they're like, well, we'd rather <laughs> you talk about Twitter. You know, one of the, one of the threads of my podcast and a lot of my background is, is social media. So I, you know, I, everyone in my podcast, I kind of do a social media tip is like a small mm-hmm. piece of it just because that's a part of me. And so they asked me to do it on Twitter. And so I was like, all right, yeah. I mean, as long as I can be part of it, <laughs> I, that's all I care about. So, yeah. So it's like March 5th, I think is, is my date. But I'll post more about that as it gets closer. That's cool. Now, uh, what what what's uh, the upcoming episodes? Uh, who's your next guest coming up? Oh, you know, I haven't decided who I'm going to release yet. It, there's a good chance it's going to be Alonzo Alonzo Bowden, uh, the comedian. I, I just finished editing that one, and so Candy Clark was is the one I released yesterday mm-hmm. from American Graffiti and The Man Who Fell to Earth. That was a really fun interview. We kind of dived into. It's fun when you, you know, you rewatch the movies and then you can have a real conversation. <laughs> it's, it's, it's you know part of that. Uh, that research and time they got to put in before the interview. So I watched actually American Graffiti and more American Graffiti. And then I started to watch The Man Who Fell to Earth with David Bowie and Candy Clark. And so it was like, you know, so you can really have some conversations because you forget some of the nuances and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so you can uh, actually have fun with it. But yeah, I wanted, sometimes I like to focus on some specific things and, and some guests you go a little broad with, meaning you cover a little bit of everything with Candy Clark. And I took the opportunity to kind of really dive into American Graffiti. So she shared a lot of great stories with that. We talked a little bit about the sequel, More American Graffiti. And then I had to ask her a question or two about The Man Who Fell to Earth with David Bowie. So it's actually a silly, a silly question, but I had to ask. It was one of those <laughs> things I was watching. Sometimes I watch the movies and I think about something that has nothing necessarily to do with the movie, but I just need to know. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> that was that. But yeah, she was so sweet and so fun and, and great to talk to. Well, well, Jeff, I, would, I always want to make sure and, and let our listeners know uh, the podcast, the, uh, the social media, that's uh, obviously huge as well. Uh, where's, where's the best place to keep up with all that? Uh, the best place is my website, Jeff is funny.com. Uh, you, know, you can also type in Jeff but I figure people can't spell my last name. So, <laughs> Jeff is funny.com gets you there and you can listen to all the episodes. And then from there you can click to any podcast app you want to subscribe or anything like that. That would be super cool. But Oh, if you want to just be adventurous, you can search live from Detroit, the Jeff DeWaskin show or just DeWaskin <laughs> <laughs> on your podcast apps. But you know, depending on your, on, on how adventurous you're feeling. All right. Well, Jeff, it, it, it's always great to visit with you, man. I, uh, I enjoy the podcast. I appreciate you taking some time today and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll catch up again real soon. That would be amazing. Thanks for having me. It's fun as always.
our next guest here on the podcast is a singer, songwriter, a bassist, a, a little bit of all of that, and and I'm sure some more we'll find out as well. Jeff Coffee on the line with us today. And uh, first off, Jeff, I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule. My pleasure, uh, and thank you very much for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Now, now, Jeff, uh, doing doing the music, uh, and uh, first off, I want to want to find out where first was that uh, that that you knew you had something extra special that you that you had to go chase out there. Yeah, well, I actually did. I uh, when I um, long story short, when I started to uh, put some songs together for this upcoming album that I'm that I'm working on. Um, uh, as as musicians do, we we have we, you know we we used to have the little tape recorders, right? But now we have our phones. It's great, you know. I've got my phone is full, jam packed, full of like little song uh, tidbits and and ideas and and um, seeds of ideas. So I, I decided to once I got started to kind of pick the best ten that I had, and I so I did that and the uh, I had the chord changes and the melody to uh, this particular song. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work on this. And, and, uh, as far as, uh, the subject matter, you know, when I sat down to write the lyrics, I really had no idea, uh, what I was going to write about. And then I just started to kind of, you know, reflect on what was going on that year, uh, last year. And, uh, and it just started flowing out in the song. It was finished within the day. So, um, yeah, I was really happy with the way it turned out. Now you've had the uh, the opportunity to 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 play alongside some some amazing uh, artists and musicians. You actually got to play with uh, w- with one of your favorite bands uh, going growing up. Is that right as well? Absolutely, yes. Um, I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to to um, uh, be a member of uh, Chicago for a couple of years. Uh, uh, some tremendous uh, musical experiences there. Um, uh, it was a blast uh, playing, you know, that catalog of music with that band was like a dream come true, you know. And when I was in high school, uh, all, all through school, you know, and some of college, I was a trombone player. So, you know, uh, J- James Penko was, was <laughs> like my hero. Of course. You know? So it was really cool to uh, not only get to meet him and hang out with him and get to know him, but, you know, play his music and his band with him. So it's pretty cool, pretty cool experience. Now, what did you, what did you take away from that experience that you apply to your, to your solo project? Well, um, I, uh, I, you know, as far as my outlook on music, uh, it was very much the same. I always try to put my best performance always whenever I get on stage or whenever I get in front of a microphone, I'm recording music, um, which is what those guys do too. They they hold themselves. They're amazingly talented musicians, and so you you got to bring your A game all the time. So I I I still um, stay true to that. Uh, I think one thing that I have grown to appreciate is the fans out there um, more because I've I I have come to interact with them more on social media now than I ever have before. You know, so that's been a cool experience. Now, has the, uh, the the pandemic allowed you the opportunity to maybe get a little tech savvy and get to delve a little bit more into that social media, if you will? Well, yeah, absolutely. Out of necessity, I think, too. <laughs> but uh, it's funny. I mean, I started, uh, um, you know, I was still playing out there here and there with 
with uh, after I left Chicago, started playing with Don Felder from the Eagles, uh, which is a great experience as well. And uh, so I was still playing here and there with him. Um, but at the same time, I started uh, before the pandemic, I started doing live concerts, you know, virtual live concerts, because I saw I saw some other artists doing it. And I thought, well, that's kind of something, you know, cool way to stay in touch with your fans and, you know, keep your chops up and you can. Um, so, uh, I started doing a few of those and then the pandemic hit and then I really just kicked it all up into gear and started doing them, uh, three times a week, really. So now how has the, uh, how has the pandemic affected your, your songwriting or inspiration for songwriting? Well, I would have to say for, for my first single someday, it, uh, that song is all about what's been going on, uh, especially last year. Uh, the craziness, all of the, the lunacy that, that happened last year, um, that we all saw on the news every day, every night. Um, that's what this song is about. It's kind of a, an exercise in uh, human behavior and how we treat each other. Um, so, but in the end, it, it, hope, it has a hopeful aspect of maybe someday we'll figure this out, you know. Um, but, uh, it, you know, the pandemic, you know, being being locked down and not being able to perform anywhere, which is like, it's like for a musician, that's like taking the keys from away from your car. You know, um, it has given me, uh, the opportunity to really hone in on, on writing. And, and it's been actually the perfect time to write a record when I, when I can't go somewhere and play and get on a plane and go play somewhere. So it actually has given me, um, a lot of extra time and like a purpose during, during all of this pandemic, you know? Now, now what is, uh, what would you say is the Achilles heel for you when it comes to, uh, to, to working on a project? Is it coming up with the hook, the melody? What, what is the hardest part for you? Yeah, that's, you know, the hooks and melodies seem to come natural to me, uh, whether they're catchy or not. That's, uh, I guess that's relative. <laughs> I'll leave that up to the people listening, but, uh, yeah, to, to me, the hardest part, is lyrics, you know, uh, because, um, that's the hardest thing to, to get right. And to, to say what you want to say in a clever way and not sound cheesy, you know, it's real easy to, to be cheesy. So that the lyrics to me are the, are the toughest part of it all. Now, what is, but what has been the one thing in the, in the last 12 months that you've really had the opportunity to just sit down and, and really hone in on your craft? Yeah. You know, I think my guitar playing, I think uh, one of the things that I've done uh, during these um, virtual live concerts is I would pull up, you know, some tunes from some of my favorite artists or maybe songs that fans have wanted to hear, like, you know, request that I would never normally have, you know, learned the song. But in, in the process of learning it, I learn new chords and I learn different fingerings for different positions. And so it's like, uh, that's, it's been, uh, it's it allowed me to kind of improve my guitar playing, which is, which is kind of cool. You know, that's always a good thing. You can get better at something. <laughs> that's, that's never a bad thing. That's never a bad thing. Now, how, what, what's the, uh, what's the outlook 2021 for, uh, has, uh, has the goal setting changed going into the new year or has, has it been pushed back or, or is it just, uh, kind of altered just a little bit? Well, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I think for different musicians, it might be different. It's, it's, you know, everybody's setting their goals, but it's like, uh, we don't know what this year is going to look like or when, 
the gates are really going to open. I've seen, you know, I've seen artists, uh, bands and artists, uh, have bookings like over the summer, but then things are starting to get rescheduled more towards the fall of this year. So I would say as a prediction, as far as live performances, I see things opening up more in the fall of this year. Not sure what the summer is going to look like, which is a shame because the summer tours are always a big thing. But for me, uh, my goal is to finish this record and try to, my goal is to try to have it released sometime in April. And then uh, as it gets closer to that release, you know, really start taking an assessment of what live venues are looking like, you know, and, and try to get back out there as soon as I can and play live music and support this record, you know, because that's, you know, uh, um, my friend uh, Verdeen White from Earth, Wind & Fire said it the best uh, a few days ago. He said, I think that really once this pandemic is over, you know, it's going to be better because the bands are going to be chomping at the bit to go play and the fans are going to be chomping at the bit to go hear bands play. And I think it's going to be even bigger and better. So I hope that's the case. Not very many people that, uh, that you could quote that would have a better perspective than Verdine as well. Uh, always enjoy visiting with him. That's a, what a great dude. Oh yeah. He's, he's great. I love Verdine. Jeff, if if folks want to keep up with uh, the the updated information about uh, the album release, the single, YouTube, social media, and all that, where's uh, where's the best place for folks to keep up with you? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm uh, Facebook is uh, I'm all over Facebook. Uh, Jeff Coffee Music on Facebook, and also my YouTube channel. Every time I release a song and a release of a video, I do lyric videos, and I do um, uh, on several of the songs, I'll do the concept videos. Uh, that's all on my YouTube channel, Jeff Coffee on YouTube, and uh, and my website, JeffCoffee.com. Um, you know, uh, I have Instagram as well. I'm all over social media, so but uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and my website. Um, that that's where all my infra- information will be. That's where people can get the record um, when it's out. They can get the singles. They can get my other records. You know, all at my website, and it's all all over all of the, the rest of the you know, uh, platforms, you know, iTunes music, Apple music, Amazon, all that stuff. So the entire webosphere is covered. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jeff, it has been great to have the chance to, to get to know you a little bit more today. I I appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule, continued success as, uh, as you work on uh, the finalization of the project and hopefully brother, we can catch up again real soon. I would love to. That'd be great. Thank you. Our next guest on the podcast and uh, and friend of the show as well, uh, singer-songwriter Allie Colleen with us. And uh, first off, Allie, always great to visit with you, my friend. Hi. Uh, I'm very always, always honored to be on. Thank you so much. How's it been? How you doing? Uh, I think as well as anybody. Uh, not worse than anybody and you know, not too much better than anybody, but uh, just, just kind of oh, hanging good. in. <laughs> good. Same with me. Same with me. We're very lucky everybody's good on our end and that's really all we we care about too much right now anyway so we're doing good that's right now and now ali the uh the, the latest single ain't the uh the ain't the only hell my mama ever raised uh the, the the feedback that you've been getting and uh how ready are you to be able to be able to be in front of people playing again 
Oh man, I'm I'm getting to the point now where it's been so long. I'm starting to get a little nervous about it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, man, can I, that sounds a little daunting. You know, now that we used to get out there every weekend and go play for people, now I'm kind of like, I don't know if I know how to people really anymore. <laughs> but um, we uh, we had a little run this last weekend. We did some some shows this last weekend, and um, we I it was so good to be back out there. So yes, I'm, I'm itching now to get back out there, but for a while I was nervous. Now, now what, what is it about uh, going on stage that really triggers it for you? Is it, is it the walk up? Is it the, the, the hearing of uh, you, you being announced? What, what is it that triggers the uh, yes, it's, it's time to go. I think, I think this probably happens later than it should, but it's about midway through that first song. <laughs> about midway through that first song, I start to settle in and I'm like, okay, I got this. But always up, up to it, the first verse always seems so fast and the first chorus always seems so fast and then midway through, uh, you know, you kind of start to settle down and then I'm like, okay, here we are. Like, we're here to do this. And then it becomes fun. Now, does uh, and it becomes really fun? Is it nerves or, or or adrenaline that drives you as you as you come on stage first? It it would normally be um, just kind of an adrenaline fun thing. Um, I, I love performing, and honestly, I'm I don't get too too nervous um, unless it's something brand new. And so, 2020 was you know my year to do big band shows for the first time. And needless to say that was an entire year that didn't really happen, you know? So here we are at the beginning of 2021, looking at the same exact thing, like band shows. And so now it's not so much, Oh, I can go up there and forget and make and, you know, make my time between verses longer than normal and I'll get my bearings together and we'll move on. But now, you know, I'm responsible for four other people on stage and making sure that we all stay together and making sure that I don't skip a song on the set list, which I did twice this weekend. And you know they adjust so well with me, but um, right now it's 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 totally nerves that are fueling everything. Um, it's it's very not a comfort zone for me, but I can feel with every show we play that um, it won't be too long before I'm scared to play by myself. <laughs> and, and Allie, for for you, I know you did a a Facebook Live for us, and I know you've done uh, streaming shows and stuff like that. What what have you learned from those that you're going to take back into the live show? Oh, just the gratitude of people being there, you know, to perform to, you know, it's so funny. We, I've joked all year with my husband about installing, you know, an applause thing in the house so that at the end of my songs during my lives, somebody will clap for me. You know, it's, it's so crazy sitting there performing to just an iPhone. And it's, it's even crazier when you can see the little live button and you can see how many people you're reaching, you know, and it's more people that would be at a normal show anyway, you know, but it doesn't feel like it. You feel like you're alone by yourself in your kitchen singing to your phone. So um, this last weekend, you know, we didn't have, we had some crowds that were super, um, you know, paying attention and some were just there because they wanted to be out of their house, you know, and I will never again take for granted one person standing there listening to me. <laughs> Now, now, how has how has the songwriting inspiration been for you over the past few months? It's been really tough. I, I I didn't really really realize how much I pull from my surroundings to write about. You know, I didn't really realize how often I'm pulling hook ideas or titles or scenarios from stuff that I'm seeing around me. So you know, when when you're stuck at home by yourself, um, <clears throat> I just found that it was it was kind of hard to find inspiration, find things to to really want to write about. 
Now, do you have a, a hard time also in, in songwriting wrapping up the song or saying that it's it's done? Is, is that is that a sticking point for you as well as the songwriter? It's totally dependent on the song, but yes, there are songs that I'm still going in for final vocals next week, you know, thinking, well, if you sing the line this way, it means this, but if you sing it this way, it means this, and I just don't know which one I want it to be, you know, kind of thing. There are songs like that, and then there are songs where it's like, we have no choice, this is the storyline, you know, this is what has to happen, and, and that kind of thing. And uh, the, the the goals coming into 2021, obviously you said uh, the, the full band shows got uh, the EP as well. And what, how has goal change, goal setting changed? Has it just been pushed back a year? Is that kind of how it's gone, Allie? It's kind of been pushed back a year. Um, it's also been, I would say, um, we've been able to maybe make our goals a little more specific than, than we would have originally just because we had so much time to sit here and think about them. So um, there's that, but then there's also the reverse kind of side of it to where I truly am taking everything this year kind of show by show as far as the performance side of, of what I do goes just because I don't, I don't know, man, last year was really tough, you know, for everybody, obviously, but, but losing that, all that shows and that kind of stuff, it was really hard, you know, on our hearts and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow, especially in, you know, some of these places where we're going and touring. So, um, in one set, you know, we're stepping back and really just taking it show by show and really just appreciating the ability to go out and tour and that kind of thing. And then the other one is like really aggressively planning this year and next year. So we're um, kind of right in the middle of it, but we're just really excited to go do stuff um, and just trying to find the right pockets to do that because everybody right now is itching to do stuff, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> That's right. And, and speaking of, uh, of 2020 and uh, having to change everything up a little bit, what was, what would you say is the most COVID purchase uh, COVID related purchase you made last year? Oh my gosh. The delivery fee on Uber eats. <laughs> oh my gosh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent that, and um, probably like like in app purchase subscriptions. <laughs> I was either always trying to buy time on Candy Crush, or I was buying new gym memberships that I didn't do online. Oh my gosh, those kinds of things for sure. <laughs> That's good stuff. Now, uh, f for you mo go going forward with the with the EP, what? Uh, how excited are you to to have the new music out to folks? And and, and how soon are we looking at uh, the new music? <clears throat> oh my goodness, I have done more in the last week and a half than I have done in the last year. I can promise you that. Um, we recorded twelve songs on Monday and Tuesday, so we have a full album that we're hoping is coming out the end of March, early April. Um, and so our plan right now is that you can, you can get the entire thing, physical copy, all that kind of stuff, either at shows or like via my website kind of thing. Um, but since streaming and the whole technological world of music nowadays isn't really set up for albums, you will um, get the songs one at a time, you know, every six to eight weeks for the year kind of thing. So um, tons of options on how to get the music, but it's coming and it's coming pretty soon. Well, I've got deadlines as soon as Friday. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, do you do you get any rest at all Allie? <laughs> i'm always asleep if i'm in a car so that's that's positive so i'm always asleep if i'm in a car so that's when i take my naps <laughs> there you go now Allie, you mentioned the website and of course social media what's the, what's the the the, the, the go-to thing that you've got uh, that you've learned on social media honestly 
I can't speak for everybody, but I find that with my followers, they just really, really appreciate um, kind of the organic stuff, you know? So as, as much as I always think it's the opposite to where my videos need to be really polished and professional and all those kinds of things, they just want to know what I'm doing in between shows. You know what I mean? Like as I'm traveling, like they just want to know what you're doing, what you're up to and that kind of thing. And I've just found that just being really personable on social media um, has really, really benefit us um, in the sense of we're coming up to shows or meeting people that as they tell me their username, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know a lot about you. And if you come up to me and tell me you're Jessica, I'm not going to know. But if you tell me your username on Instagram, Oh my gosh, we are, we literally already have a relationship. So I just try and be really personable on social media. Do do you find it overwhelming trying to keep up with uh, with all the socials that are out there now? I really do. I really do, especially when you work so hard on one for so long, and then all of a sudden there's a new one, you know, that you need to all of a sudden be viral on. I think that can be really overwhelming, but I also think there's such an importance in the different audiences that the social media platforms provide, but Jiminy Christmas, they could calm down a bit. <laughs> Now, Allie, as, <laughs> as as you talk about uh, upcoming tour dates, uh, the 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 album release, the music, all of that, where is uh, where's the best place? Obviously, the website. Yes, if you want to keep up with us, um, the website's awesome. Honestly, Instagram really is where I'm most active. Um, but if you're looking for simple informational kind of things, um, our website always has you know all of our tour dates on it, all of our cities we're coming to, that kind of thing, as well as merch when it's coming and how you can get it we also have a um a, a fan page it's connected to my facebook page so if you go to the ali colleen music facebook page you can click that big blue banner that says become a supporter um and we have a a, a fan page that you guys can be a part of and um, that's really intimate and really close and all that kind of stuff so tons of ways you guys can follow us out there all right. Well, Allie, it is, it, it's always great to visit with you. I truly appreciate you taking some time out of what seems to be quite a crazy, <laughs> busy schedule of recording you, and all thank that. Thank you. Uh, look forward to, uh, hopefully you have a great rest of your week and uh, we can catch up again real soon, my friend. Absolutely. I would love to. Thank you so much. I wish all the health to your family. Thank you guys. Again, thanks for joining us for this episode of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, question, or anything else you'd like to know, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GQ with Cam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, feel free to click the support tab and follow the instructions. If you have a special guest idea, email me GQwithCam at gmail.com. Thanks again to Brandon Allen for coming up with a theme for good questions. We're going to let him play us out. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday. Join me tomorrow for episode 19.